Paul and Barnabas to be, you know, Zeus and Hermes. Is that who it is or something like that? And it just makes total sense. Like you're like, oh, wow, this was always so weird. But now I actually understand, like, of course, that's what they're doing. Welcome to Classical Etc., a show that dives into the philosophy, culture, and heart of classical education. You're in the studio with Shane Saxon. Hello and welcome. My name is Shane Saxon, and this is Classical Etc. I sat down with Ethan Gocher, a close friend of mine and a fellow coworker in the school's division at Memorial Press, and Ethan Gocher is a man of integrity. He's a person who I've looked up to as long as I've known him because of just the length that he will go to serve people and to follow up on his word. And a lot of it comes from just a very deep rooted faith that he has. As a classical Christian publishing company, um, it's something that's very important to what we do. And so Ethan and I sat down, we talked about his realization that there was something lacking in education and then finding a home in Memorial Press and the curriculum that we develop. Um, and then talking about some of the fruits of that in his own life as he has started studying uh, classical literature and helped schools to navigate the waters of creating a genuinely Christian classical education. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Ethan, I want to reflect on a conversation we were having yesterday where in a moment of transparency, you shared with me that you don't have a sense of humor. And I, I'm thankful that you realized that. And I just kind of wanted to ask you, you know, when did you first realize it? What steps are you taking to gain a sense of humor? <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Okay, no, but I, I really do want to talk about Jesus at some point, make that transition. Because you are a serious person, and I think that's actually one of your greatest strengths. And I really just tease you about not having much of a sense of humor. But you're a very serious person, and it seems to kind of affect a lot of everything you do. I think to use some of the Christianese um, that mm -hmm. people in our circles use, you live an intentional life. You want the lordship of Jesus to have an influence on your work life, your educational life, all of these things. Um, and I really respect how much you've deeply personalized your faith. And so that, that's what I wanted to talk you, to you yeah. about, because I think a lot of people are coming to classical education from varying perspectives, but yeah. this is one that is very special to you and I think holds a lot of what we do together because we are a classical Christian yeah. publisher. Yeah, good. Thanks, man. You said it to be in a conversation we had that, when you first came to Memorial Press, you were pretty, uh, you know, foreign to the concept of classical ed, but you had already been thinking about some of the deficiencies yeah. of progressive education, even though your wife is a public school teacher. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about where you, where you came in at, and I think that'll lead to <clears throat> interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for, for listeners out there, I've been working for Memorial Press for um, about three and a half years now. Um and really grateful, uh, really grateful for my time here and all that it is, um, yeah, all that it's meant to me and continues to mean to me and to our family. So, um, as Shane, you said, um, my wife um, was an elementary education major um, in college and she taught for four years um, before we started having babies, which we have since done with uh, a good deal of rapidity. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, at any rate, um, we knew that um, we wanted to homeschool, um, at least in the early years, partly because of my wife's gifting, 
um, <clears throat> and um, and her desire to do it, uh, but also, um, yeah, it just sort of yeah, innately bothered me. I think that just the idea of sending, um, you know, a five year old to my five year old kids to like school for. 40 hours a week. Um, just, I just bugged me. Like, I just think there's, they're, they're still so young. It's still, uh, there's still so much, um, formation, ha you know, happening in those early years. And, um, I just knew that that wasn't what I wanted for our family. Um, that I wanted, you know, us as, as their parents to, um, be able to, if we could, you know, financially, I know there are families out there that financially can't, but, um, but if we could by any means financially, I wanted us to be more hands-on in the early years of our, of our kids' education, especially. So that's kind of where I came in, but yeah, not knowing much about classical education, not really having a great vision for the kind of education we would provide for our, for our kids at all. Yeah. So you were looking out there and said, I don't want that. Yeah. But what was your educational background, your wife's educational <clears throat> background? And had you thought we're going to try and capture this or that from your guys's background? I don't know. Yeah. So I kind of, I was, a uh, um, went to a, a Christian school, um, that was, it was not classical, but I went to a Christian school, uh, as, uh, as a kid. And then my wife was, was public school educated her whole life and then taught in public school for four years. So, and having said all of that, my wife, I mean, she would just have just said like, she experienced like the brokenness of our public school system. And she just knew she didn't want that for, mm. um, for our children. Um, but, and I think for myself, I think I was, I'm thankful for, I was thankful for pieces of my education, but I also don't know if I realized um, if I had a great vision. You then came to Memorial Press though. Yep. And things started to click for you. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I do think that one of the things that I've completely, um, been sold on and believe in, um, is the centrality of Latin and a good curriculum. Mm -hmm. And, um, and really the importance of having a cumulative study of a language be part of be part of a curriculum. Um, so I mean, I got to experience um, <clears throat> studying, you know, ancient languages in in seminary, and I think I was um, really. It was clear to me just what a rigorous test of my own mental faculties um, language study uh, proved to be, and. Um, so then it wasn't surprising. And when I get here and I read Cheryl's pamphlet, um, how Latin develops the mind, mm. right? And how she would talk about, you know, um, the mind being formed by the kind of thing it's studying, right? She 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 has some um, articles on that kind of thing. And, um, and I, that just like really resonated pretty readily. And like, yes, I think this is makes tons of sense <clears throat> as to why um, – you know, a consecutive study of Latin is um, of tr tremendous value um, to to an education. What's your pushback <clears throat> when people say, teachers and administrators that you're talking to, because you are the head of the school's division, you're talking yeah. to a lot of teachers <clears throat> on a daily basis and administrators, when they're pushing back and saying, love classical ed, but 
Latin's really hard and it's not mm. really feasible. You know, you studied yeah. languages as a graduate student. Yeah. Why, why should we expect 10, 11 year olds to, to study Latin? Uh, well, <laughs> have you looked at first form Latin? Um, <laughs> I guess that's my pushback. Um, you can do this. You know, I think if there's one thing, I'm just convinced that, um, that we do really well as a company is I think we make it, we make it attainable and it's, it presents challenges for schools for sure. I mean, um, schools have to wrestle through, you know, when I, now when I accept a sixth grader, he's, you know, two years behind his peers in a certain subject. And what do I do with that? You know, and there's a lot, and if it's a great family and a great student, I really want to take the student, but it presents logistical difficulties, you know? So there's no doubt that it does raise, um, challenges, um, but I think that the benefits are well, well worth it um, if schools will stick with it. And I think that their teachers can do it, you know, between the, between our DVDs and, you know, our teacher training conference. And, you know, the, just we just have so many resources to make it doable um, if you feel put in the work. So, yeah. And Latin kind of branches into classical studies. Would you teach classical studies? It yeah. seems like something you've gravitated toward. Yeah. So uh, I think that... Um, I like to tell people that I think classical education reaches farther back and deeper into the past um, than any of its kind of rival visions of education, you know, that are um, popular today, right? And um, for me, like, it wasn't until seminary almost that I realized that, like, um, yeah, like, you know... (laughs) Alexander the Great and like the wars with the Persians, the Persian Empire actually overlaps with the tail end of the Old Testament. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. or like the, the the Persian Wars, um, and then you know after which you have the rise of Alexander the Great. So that is after that is sort of in the the you know between the Testaments time. But um, you know it's just like basic things like that where mm-hmm. it's like I know the Bible because you know I was raised in the church. Um, and but I don't know how it fits in with the with like much of the rest of the world, yeah. you know, at the time. Yeah, it's surprising to find things like Latin translations and Greek translations of the Old Testament before the New Testament yeah. was written. And there's so much context out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um so I think that it fills in like gaps historically, but then as I hinted at earlier, I mean, I think like it's not just about history, it's about these civilizations and all of their, you know, literature that so affected our literature, um, their stories that so infuse our own stories, um, their philosophy that has so set the trajectory for, um, um, and in some ways, um, the standard for, um, for, for, um, for good thinking, um, you know, for so many years to come. I mean, there's so many, um, there's so many things. I, I read a book recently where the guy just said, why do, why do we always start with the Greeks? You know, it just seems like all roads, you know, there's the famous phrase, like all roads lead to Rome. Well, it just seems like when it comes to like studying something, if you ever really trace it back far enough, you kind of end up with the Greeks. Yeah, like yeah. it just like all roads in terms of learning, more or less lead to the Greeks. Yeah, all roads lead to Rome because they stole everything from yeah, Greeks. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, right, there's this saying of Horace, I think, who says, like, in captivity, Greece captured her great captor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, anyway, but, yeah, so that's definitely, uh, there's definitely truth in that. But, anyway, so I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, but definitely. Some- and 
coming back, doubling back to the beginning of our conversation, I've, you've always been someone I look up to in terms of just how much you guard your faith, how much you are serious about trying to cultivate a spiritual aspect of your life. Um, but yet in talking about this kind of discovery of classical education, the benefits of it, you haven't mentioned very many explicitly biblical or, or spiritual themes. In what ways does that connect with your pursuit of trying to be a, be a faithful Christian? Yeah. So just like what ways does kind of what I've learned in classical education, how's, what's the intersection? Yeah. Where does it connect for you? Yeah. Well, um, for, for one thing, I think that, um, we have to, for, for one thing, I, I think we have to realize just the importance of philosophy, right? And of like um, uh, a thoroughly, a, a, a way of viewing, uh, an understanding of the world that's Christian at its bottom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and not um, not that sort of only kind of adopts like Christian garb, but that thinks Christianly, you know, kind of from its, from the ground up. Can you give an example? (laughs) um, Yeah. I mean, so I think, um, you know, one example um, would just be, uh, you know, kind of the, the the transcendental values that we're all always talking about in classical education of like truth, goodness, and beauty, and their kind of objective, um, their objective reality that is outside and of us and other than us. Um, and I think that those things are, um, uh, those commitments to this is the way the world is. Um, and recognizing that is, is important in education, but is an important, um, as a Christian. And another thing we talk about in classical education a lot is like, uh, education as formate, um, as virtue, as, as being, uh, as virtue formation, as well as, um, um, as well as, you know, knowledge and wisdom. And that, that actually like, there's an explicit like quote from Plato where he's like, you know, education is a, education that isn't forming children of virtue isn't worthy of the name. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, so, I mean, people have thought that, that education is about, uh, should be about the souls of a, of a good person, forming the souls of a good person, um, even even outside of a Christian context. So then I, mean, I just don't think it's hard to see how there's a really ready connection with like a, what a Christian would want to do in education there. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. uh, a, a Christian wants to make disciples of the Lord Jesus who has in himself embodied what it means to be uh, a good person who is himself goodness incarnate. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, so I don't think it's much of a leap to see, to see kind of a, a pretty big, you know, connection there in terms of what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, I don't know if that got, got some hundred percent. And I think in the Memorial press curriculum, we've taken a particular angle on Christian studies that I think is, is super helpful, but unique from perhaps the education that we grew up with, where we're talking about content and we're learning the facts and stories of the Bible so that we're, we're filling ourselves with the information and the the truths that kind of Mm. underlay our faith. And then it's the actual lived experience of that faith with all these other subjects and then a connection to a church that really grow us. Have you appreciated that or, or how did that challenge your view of, of Christian education? Yeah. Um, like just our general kind of approach to Christian studies, yeah. you mean? Um, 
You know, I, I would I would say that's one thing I think my education did mostly really well is, I mean, just knowing the stories of the Bible. So I definitely think it's incredibly important. Um, you know, we're of many um, uh, denominational and, and kind of uh, church backgrounds here at Memorial Press, but but we all um, look to the stories of Scripture as our heritage in some ways, right? Um, and um, and I guess you know what the classical adds is it says, look, in, in terms of our world today, Greece and Rome have really shaped um, our world and been its its sources, its its fontes, right? In um, so many hugely important ways. And as Christians, we come and we say. Yeah, and you know, at Jerusalem, um, the, the Old Testament. This is this is where this is our spiritual heritage. Mm. Um, the people of God throughout history who have known the true and living God, um, who have um, uh, to whom He's revealed Himself, and and ultimately revealed Himself in Christ His Son. So, um, so yeah, I think that um, we look to. Uh, I think that knowing, you know, we spend two years studying the Old Testament. Um, in uh, in third and fourth grade, I believe, uh, in our curriculum, and um, and I love that you know just being soaked in um, and two years in kindergarten through second, you know, it repeats kind of twice. So um, so I think yeah, I think it's um, it's important to be kind of just full of the stories of the yeah. Bible. And I think that that kind of connects with another thing that you and I have shared in our friendship. Being here is the great books and the way that um, the great books of our culture are pervaded with uh, stories from the Bible and biblical characters and Christ mm. figures and allusions. And if you if you don't have that basic understanding of the facts and figures of the scripture, yeah. you can't read Shakespeare well. You can't read a lot of the great novels. Um, mm. You said that you're, you're starting in on divine comedy. How have you seen kind of that biblical literacy help you in a burgeoning interest in, in greater literature? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I mean... So if we're thinking in terms of the epics, I guess there aren't a lot of connections to at least, um, uh, you know, like biblical literacy and maybe Homer and Virgil. Um, and I'm, I'm, I know that there will be in Dante, but I'm still kind of working through that. I mean, uh, there definitely have been um, some, uh, you know, I mean, Dostoevsky is just so thoroughly Christian. So having read a couple of his books in the last uh, couple of years, um, there have definitely been some major ones um, there. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I think that, um, but they, they are pretty, they're all, they are fairly apparent in him as well, maybe not as subtle. So I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm, I'm still kind of uh, somewhat waiting to see. I have seen that just my own understanding it's been interesting to do though to, to to learn about the mythology and the stories of greece and rome and then see how that starts to pop out kind of everywhere um which that i just didn't really have before and you know it just pops out and uh you know in, in c.s lewis a ton and it uh it pops out in dostoevsky um a, a lot um so i've been definitely enriched in my reading of of literature by my knowledge of increased knowledge of Greece and Rome. Not yeah. that I know everything by any means yet, but yeah, it's funny. You mentioned the epics. Um, he's one kind of connection between the old Testament and the epics, which probably isn't literary or, or historical that I've always found fascinating <laughs> is if you remember at the beginning of the Iliad, when Achilles doesn't want to go to battle and he makes this metaphor of saying that just like the branch of a tree 
won't bloom almond almond fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he's not going to go to war. And in the same, mm. in the Bible, you have Aaron and Aaron's staff, which has bloomed. But the other as, staffs don't bloom. Yeah, it's right? like yeah, as yeah. a symbol of, yeah. of Yahweh's faithfulness. And you have this same exact image talking about two undefeatable wills and their mm. ability to overcome natural forces. And I, mm. I, there's, I do yeah, find that there are some of these universal themes that do come up in the Bible and Greek mythology that are interesting yeah. to see how they interact with each other. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess um, there are, I guess uh, there are certain things. I mean, um, so I mean, we've talked before too about just like um, having when you read um, when you read like the Greek mythology and um, you know Homer, uh, and I think it's in particular then when you come it's like Acts seventeen or something right we've we talked about this before where you have the Greeks coming out to like proclaim um, Paul and Barnabas to be, you know, Zeus and Hermes. Is that yeah, who it is yep, or something yep. like that? And it just makes total sense. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, wow, this was always so weird. But now I actually understand, yeah. like, of course that's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like, and so it just fills in uh, some of those gaps when you see kind of firsthand the kind of, um, the, the, the Greek, I guess, mind in, when it came to, um, mm. you know, religion and, um, you know, a, appeasing the gods like of course they're going to go slaughter a, a you know a bull or something yeah, like um yeah. anyway but i definitely think there is a really there there are some interesting and really some good kind of back and forth between um the biblical world and the classical so, yeah i yeah. agree so closing up you're you're still passionate about helping people to cultivate spiritual aspect of their life to to yeah. be genuine in their faith and to worship Jesus Christ. How do you see your vision for what you do in your in your work as coinciding with that personal conviction? Yeah. Yeah. So um I am, I mean I say it all the time. I'm thankful to work um in a in a space, in a vocation that um, you know, is uh yeah, is um of just I, I direct benefit um, in ways that I can see and, and understand um, to Christ and His Church, and um, I'm, I think that's a it's a great it's a great um, privilege um, and blessing to be able to kind of make one's living in uh, that kind of environment. Um, I, I think, um, yeah. So to to be a small part of um, you know. Christian educators, um, and through them, you know, Christian students, um, hopefully, um, through our work, seeing them have the opportunity to use their, um, their God given minds to their fullest, their God given talents, um, to their fullest so that they can, um, hold fast to the faith, you know, once delivered, uh, to the saints and, um, and fight the fight of faith in their own day. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of joy in knowing that that is sort of, you know, it's, it's we don't see it necessarily in the day to day, you know, business operations around here. But we know that our work um, in, in God's grace is is doing that for families out there and for um, for schools. And um, so th- there's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of joy um, and thanks and knowing that um, that our work is um, is kind of uh, accomplishing those goals. So. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, well, 
Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Classical Etc. If you like the show and would like to stay connected, consider subscribing on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate any support for our show and ask that if you liked the episode, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. A huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show. Be sure to check out all the great podcasts there. As always, I'm Shane Saxon. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.